Give me one second. Marlon, turn this off real quick. Sorry. Sorry about that. You guys are such troopers to sing through that. <laughs> I don't know what it was for like you guys. Up here, it was like. <laughs> yeah, that was. Uh, and I look out, and everyone's just so worshipful and <laughs> joyful. <laughs> well, let's try it again now. Go ahead. See how this is. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, sorry about that. Men of faith rise up and sing. Of a great and glorious King, you are strong when you feel weak. In your brokenness, complete. Shout to the north and the south, sing to the east and the west. Jesus is Savior to all. Lord. together and uh, as we get this great morning started let's pray Lord thank you for this beautiful day thanks for this time together thank you that this is today and not Friday when it was snowing like crazy and uh, we're enjoying our time together so thankful that people could make it here to uh, share with their ministries and with everyone that's here and uh, we're looking forward because the opportunity for outreach is amazing never-ending and so we're looking for wisdom for uh, direction involvement and investment and we pray all that in jesus name amen thanks you can be seated miss jude tell us what's going on today hi everyone thank you for being here we're so glad you're here and i just wanted to give you a very quick welcome today we'll be visiting with and learning about uh the outreach ministries at dcc and we want to we wanted to give you all the opportunity to go out into the narthex when we're done here and to visit with some of our longtime relationships of folks in the community who we work with on a daily basis. Also, some of our missionaries are here whom we have had relationships with for many, many years, and you can learn about the great work that they do out there for God. And so I just wanted to, to introduce this day uh, as our Outreach Ministries Festival, and we're very excited about it, and a lot of folks worked real hard on it. So thank you for being here, and I hope you take advantage of of getting out there and talking to people once the service is over and going in and having a great time with the potluck, okay? Thanks. Great. Give Jude a big hand. She and her, her um, ministry team, the missions team along with her, have organized all this today. Cindy, come on up here. 
wherever you are, Cindy, there you are, great. I want to start by reading these verses. We're, we're kind of used to the verses from Acts, I'll let you hold that, Acts chapter 2 that tell us about the mission. And that's kind of the structure that we are going to use today, where we're going to start from furthest away and kind of move in uh, through the morning. You'll see how that's going to progress Uh, But I just want to give you a few things, and I love this passage from Colossians. Paul starts off, Colossians is one of these passages, it's like the whole book is this great big vision over the top of things as Paul is trying to explain to these people what was going on. But I love these verses. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, because we have heard of your faith in Jesus Christ and the love that you have for all the saints, the faith and love that springs from the hope That is stored up for you in heaven and that you have already heard about in the word of truth, the gospel that has come to you. And here he's just really saying there's faith, there's hope, there's love, there's all kinds of great things going on. And it's a result of the gospel. All over the world, Paul says, this gospel is bearing fruit and growing. And just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and understood God's grace... It's happening in all truth throughout the world. It's a pretty cool passage because Paul says in his day it was just brand new what was happening. Now, yea, verily, we're two millennia later, and there's a a lot that has happened. Let me give you a quick overview of what happens in this church as far as in direct investment with teams or individuals that happens at a global level. And then Cindy and I, who feels a little awkward right now, she's just standing there, kind of a little bit over there on the side. We're going to talk mostly about Haiti, which we've been invested in for, oh, I don't know, 100 years. No, it is a 10 years now, isn't it? But here's what we've been involved with. We have two teams in France, people who are ministering directly there. You may notice this. Now, this is not as political as it looks, Sometimes by having the two flags up or, or different flags, it can feel like it's a, about politics. This is just to show solidarity with the people there. Uh, that was a tragic event. We've had our own 9-11, and as, me, as many have called it, that event um, just a few days ago was actually France's 9-11. And so this is just to remind us to pray and to be aware of all that's going on there for wisdom for good choices for the future. So we have two teams in France. We have uh, Lauren Bristol, who's in Bangladesh, for a, at least through the rest of this school year, for sure. We have the Katies in Florida, who have been a part of military ministry. We have um, also Jim, who connects us to things all over the place in Africa and in Nepal and, and everything else. But Cindy is our point person here with Haitian Christian Ministries, and we're going to talk a little bit about What's going on there? So I've asked Cindy to just answer a couple of questions. First of all, that is not Prisca and Mano. So (laughs) tell us who this person is. Tell us a little bit about what's going on so that we can know, since Mano has passed away, her husband, how are things going in transition? So Pastor Mano started having um, symptoms of an illness that they didn't know what was wrong with him about a year ago this time. And um, he returned to Haiti to celebrate the 30th anniversary of Haitian Christian Ministries. Praise God that he got to do that because that was a vision that he had. Um, And he passed away the week that our team was there in February. Since that time, Prisca, his wife, who's been very involved in the ministry from day one, not quite as many Um, fingers in the holes as Mono had, but um, she has stepped up to the plate and decided that she wants to be, try to be the field director for Haitian Christian Ministries. And associate pastor, now the pastor, Pastor Bob, up here, nice gentleman, he went to uh, Azusa Pacific and trained in seminary there. Um, He has stepped up to take Mono's place in the ministry. So um, things are going smoother than they were in February, March, but they still have good days and bad days, as you can imagine, when someone who you love and who has been instrumental in your ministry um, passes away unexpectedly. So um, Prisca asked that we continue to pray for her, um, to give her courage and strength and vision to move forward and um, to start healing from her loss. And Pastor Bob is really awesome. I never had an opportunity to meet him until last year 
when he was um, kind of our leader when Mana wasn't there, and I never realized how beautiful his English was. Oh, <laughs> he good. never had an opportunity to use it, I guess, <laughs> until the team started coming. But he's an awesome gentleman, and I um, hope that you guys will pray for him, too. He's got big shoes to fill, and uh, the church numbers had sort of dwindled a little bit after Mano's passing, but um, people are starting to realize that um, Prisca and Pastor Bob and all the staff with Haitian Christian Ministries um, are there, and they're not going to give up hope. Um, that's part of their mission, is to, to spread the word of Jesus and and love across northern Haiti. So Perfect. Um, so this picture I love because it gives you that sense of hope. This is uh, Marissa Cousineau, who was on the trip last year with one of the little knuckleheads with his arm wrapped around her. <laughs> and uh, looking out into the bay, which is not far from the uh, p compound in, in Piat, where they're located. Um, they, on the crab claw, if you think of Haiti, Port-au-Prince is down kind of in the inside and they are up in the top, and that's where we've been a part of for quite a while, up in uh, Cap Haitian. Cap Haitian's about 120 miles north of Port-au-Prince mm -hmm. as the crow flies. It takes about eight hours to drive Great. because the roads. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't take, no. well, unless it was like the snow the other day. That would have <laughs> right. taken eight hours. <laughs> take a long time. But typically <laughs> we could make that pretty quickly. But um, then give us just a little bit. I didn't ask you this before, so I'm kind of ambushing you with this. A little bit of the size and scope of the ministry. The church is around what size? Then there's a school, and about the size of the school. Um, just, you know, Welcome Home Haiti with the homes. Just give us a quick um, overview. Okay, so when I first started going to Haiti, um, the church was about 350 members, and they all fit into the size of our um, dining area there. And they have since built a new church that will house a thousand people. And um, when Mono was at the height of his ministry, they were packing people in. Um, when we were there last February, it was probably down to around 500. People were unsure of what was going on, and now the numbers are coming back up again. Um, it's a beautiful church. Uh, I would love for you guys to join me sometime on a trip. You do not have to have a medical background, just a desire to serve God. Um, the school is growing, growing, growing. It has a great reputation. Um, there are about, I think Donna said, 1,300 kids right now. Um, I have a list of 20 kids that need to be sponsored, and I have pictures of them. They're not all little. Some of them are high school age, and they would love to have an American sponsor. And for $30 a month, you help um, pay for their education one meal a day, their uniform, and all their school supplies. Plus, you give them hope. You have, you're a connection. You're a brother and sister to them in Christ. And um, they look forward to the teams that come. And even though you might not ever be able to go to Haiti, you have a connection when you have a, a child that you can sponsor. And then there's the medical clinic. And I've probably seen the most improvement there in the last 10 years. Um, we actually have a physician. We've, the last couple of years, we've had a physician who's wanted to stay and wanted to work and wanted to learn more from the teams that come down. He's actually seeing patients on his own when teams are not there, about 30 patients a day, which is awesome for Haitian standards. Um, and we're, we're so blessed to have a doctor who um, has a vision for health care down there. So That's great. Thank you. And so there's a, an ongoing opportunity there. There are teams that come from around the United States that drop in on a regular basis to help out with a little bit more training, a little bit more equipment, a little bit more capacity. And then they follow up, and that continues, and people from around the community. I can tell you a couple things having been there. First of all, everything within a vicinity of this compound is healthier than anywhere else you, see, you go in Haiti. I'm not kidding. Even the dogs are healthier. <laughs> everything, the water is better, the, the food is better, everything is better because there's, they're a lifeline to some health, which is great. And they also build homes. How many Welcome Home Haiti homes have they I built? I think as of now, there are 32 homes that have been completed or are in progress. And... Um, Welcome Home Haiti is an offshoot of Haitian Christian Ministries. It was actually founded by Shelley and Steve Harry, um, Donna McCall's daughter and her husband. 
and um, I just received their newsletter, and they're planning on moving to Haiti full-time in 2017. So pray for them. It's a big, huge change to go from the United States to Haiti. They did go down there and live for three months, and they realized that it's a big undertaking, but they really feel like it's their calling, and um, the homes that they build are really awesome. I have information about that, too. I would love for... Uh, DCC to put together a team to go down and build a house. I think that would be a really awesome experience. And I'll sign up with you. So. <laughs> and Kevin. Kevin's and Kevin. in, right? Yeah, yep. you, you guys are a team. <laughs> uh, whether you like it or not, Kevin, you're in on that. No, I think it would be really great if we could send uh, a team from DCC. I know we have a lot of construction people in here, so mm-hmm. you know we could use your help. And if you can paint, you know, they're not picky. So... <laughs> plant flowers, whatever. They have bright colors, yeah, that's for awesome. sure. Yeah, it's awesome. So it's a great partnership, and this is what we really would like to continue to grow in, is a sense of partnership with different organizations around, not just we just kind of send things and then we're kind of like, we hope it works out, but we're part of the hope. Now, they have right around 20% employment rates in Capation, and Capation is far better off than than Port-au-Prince and several other areas around the country. And at one time, I think the statistic was the average person makes less than a dollar a day. So um, next time you're taking money out of your purse, think about that. Um, So they appreciate everything that this church sends down, whether it's hygiene kits, which thank you very much for all those people that have been putting together hygiene kits, um, you know, letters to the kiddos that that are sponsored by a lot of people in this church and um, you know those of you that make donations to the different team members that are going to we appreciate that so much um, you know a lot of times people say um, how much does it cost to go on a mission trip and you don't realize all the things that go into that you know there's airfare there's hotels there's transportation and then when you get on the ground running you have to pay for supplies you have to pay for your food you know the, the list is ongoing so if you're sponsoring somebody who's going Um, They appreciate that so much. And, um, you know, I always tell people, don't be be afraid of the cost of the trip if you feel like God's really calling you to go because we can figure it out. We can figure it out. There's lots of generous people in this community, in this church, who would love to help you get there if you want to serve. So don't let that stop you. Um, Perfect. Well, let's pray together now. Others have to come up, and and we're going to hear a lot more today from different groups and from different opportunities. But let's pray, stop and take a moment to pray for Haiti. And I'm going to pray for Cindy as well. Thank you, Lord, for Cindy who works as a board member for HCM. Give her wisdom and understanding and uh, a sense of uh, vision for the future. We pray for everyone there in leadership and also here in the states in leadership as they work together to uh, build a strong future for HCM. Thanks for the chance we have had to be a part of their story and them to be a part of ours. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Bonsier, bene, ooh. God bless you. (laughs) Very good. That's all she meant. That's good. Who's next? It's me next? Oh, okay. So I'm going to fill in a little bit more here of what's going on. Great. Thanks. So with these uh, individuals, just so that you're hearing a few things, Um, Lauren Bristol, who is in Bangladesh, is teaching in a school context. It's an English curriculum, and she gets some interaction with students. Definitely several of them are English-speaking, the vast majority, but that's not their primary tongue. And she's been, this is her second year. She's been there for two years now. It's pretty interesting to uh, hear and to see as she's developed and is getting a, a vision for what's happening. Another group that actually has a lot of international things going on that I forgot to even mention and before is Snowboarders for Christ. Our own Stefan Sealing was just, where were you? What was that place? Uh, Dubai. I mean, who goes skiing in Dubai, right? Well, they actually have a snow dome in Dubai. And so there's uh, any place where there's snow, then there's a place to slide down snow. It seems like Snowboarders and Skiers for Christ has looked for opportunities to connect. It's been very exciting to be a part of being a part of that board, which I am, and, and advising and, and kind of keeping a track of things. But the initiative, which is about a three-year-long initiative in Europe, has really gained a lot of traction. When we went there last spring, 
there had been virtually nothing going on for about a year or so. And uh, Josh Stock, who goes and, and, you know, travels the globe to connect people with this crazy mechanism, which is just sliding around on sticks on the snow. But it, it's, it's got its subculture. And to be honest with you, the subculture in other places in the world is not much different than the subculture right here in the United States, especially among the younger people, especially among young adults. And it's kind of got an edge to it. And it's got some darkness in there and, and searching and so forth, but that's an opportunity. And so SFC has been uh, building there a ton of traction now in Europe, which is just great. And connecting, standing, my favorite image was standing and watching a couple people from uh, different countries, one from Germany, one from England, standing uh, hand on shoulders, praying for each other. Each of them holding a beer, by the way, but <laughs> which is just fun. I mean, it just is fun. But I, it just dawned on me now, you just go backwards 50, 60 years and imagine a German and an Englishman standing holding, you know, each other's shoulders and praying for each other. That's hard to get to. That's a, a pretty amazing thing that uh, snow sports can be a mechanism that connects across. Then our two teams in France are, are pretty amazing. They're, they're younger couples, they're families. Um, one team is, is building a camp-based ministry. And again, they teach English. They use some different facilities to, to rally people in and then be an opportunity to share the gospel. And you have to understand when you're in other countries, especially in Europe, there's not as much of an out front kind of gospel approach that there is in the United States, especially with ministries and, and church-based ministries. So it's a little more uh, in the back seat, and it comes to the forefront in the midst of relationships. And uh, also uh, the uh, Finleys, who are also another couple who are building teams, they're pouring into the lives of young people, training, teaching, discipling, and, and sending them out into their own people groups to bring the gospel to their own people groups. So it's it's pretty dynamic. Things work differently. Um, and, it, of course, you go backwards in Europe not very long, and you think, boy, that's where the Reformation happened, where a lot of things have happened. But, of course, across the trajectory of history, things come and go as far as where the gospel is, whether it's out on the front edge, whether it's in the back seat, or somewhere in the middle. And, and then when you think about Lauren and Bangladesh, um, that is a country where it's virtually illegal to try to bring anyone to any kind of different religious posture. And so she has to be very careful. She has to be very just more influential than direct in her modes because it, it could be real problematic for people. And then Jim, of course, keeps us exposed to what's happening in Nepal and in Mozambique as he goes to those two countries on a regular basis um, you know the tragedies in Nepal, in Nepal, how difficult that has been. And so we are a church of this size. You about see our size here. We're a little larger in scope than this because of the summer and people who come and go here. But for the church of our size, those are the international direct connections that we have that are going on. And they're long term. They, they've, again, built with partnerships. We have some things brewing in Central America that will probably come to bear uh, fairly shortly. And we can't affect everybody everywhere. We know that. We have to be wise. And so we look for partnerships with people that have some connections often within the church community or within the Summit County community. And then they become kind of a natural connection and a partnership in that way to, go, to move forward. Just so that you know a little of how we decide because there's need everywhere, right? need all kinds of opportunities. So we try to be sure that we have some connections so that we can be a part of a long-term thing. So thanks for your attention in that. Uh, music team, why don't you guys come back up? That was a more of a picture from kind of outside and then coming forth. Then the other thing, the last thing that I will mention that's kind of distant but kind of not is our interesting involvement with Bags, Wyoming. That is basically another country, right? I mean, Wyoming, if we're just honest with each other, 
It's such an interesting thing, but for several summers now, <laughs> we have gone and taken uh, teams up to do the vacation Bible school that we do here in the early summer. Then we uh, have the students who work in that. They go and actually put that same vacation Bible school program on for a, a church at Snake River Community Church in bags. And it's, it's a small scope. I mean, the church would fit in like about this area for this seating. And we have a great time. And those are, again, ongoing partnerships. We try to just build and be a part of the lives of different people's churches in different places. But why don't we stand together? And uh, we're going to sing a little bit more, get some, uh, a little more energy going on. And then uh, we're going to have some teams or some individuals come who will speak to us about more of things that are a little bit more local within Front Range and in this area. Go ahead, Rob. Bless the Yeah. 
Thank you that it was because of the cross that we can uh, move out. We're not just taking humanitarian things, although that happens. We're not just taking a uh, sense of betterment, although that does occur. But we're bringing this truth of the gospel. Thank you for uh, making yourself available to us and providing the motivation. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Thanks. You can sit down. Be seated. Sally, is that right? Sally, Sally, Sally. Sally Morris, tell us what you got. Dillon Community Church is phenomenal on an international level. It's awesome on a national level, and it's out of the ballpark on a local level. We are involved, you'll see, with so many different organizations back there. And uh, I have to say a big shout out to Jude. She just makes it all happen. So anyway. <laughs> I'm involved in the food bank. I'm the food bank uh, volunteer coordinator. And I would like everyone who has or does volunteer at the food bank to please stand up. Stay standing for a second. Thank you very much. We are a uh, organization that that is completely run by the volunteers. I mean, Mike Kermode is the he organizes everything, and and he is a paid staff. But really, everyone here, the volunteers, you guys are all fantastic. We serve people in crisis. Uh, we are not an enabling ministry. We do not feed anyone who comes to our door at any time. They get six boxes a year. If there's circumstances that require more, we give them more. But for the most part, we're just helping people in crisis to get through that crisis. Uh, our food is um, with the Food Bank of the Rockies where we buy um, our uh, cans and our uh, unperishables. We also get donations from so many organizations. City Market is fantastic. Uh, Food Kingdom in Breckenridge, 7-Eleven, Walmart, Target, Chipotle, um, Enstrom's has donated quite a bit, and who else? Anyone else? Whole Foods, and who else? Any Natural Grocers, fan, Natural Grocers consistently gives to us. Anyone else know anything about that? Okay, so we get a lot of donations. So we have, in our box, though, we have the unperishable, non-perishables, we have Fresh food. We have uh, given uh, already this year 3,500 individuals have been served. 25% of those are kids. Um, we have a huge need of volunteers. I beg every month, our volunteers that we have, I beg for one more spot or one more time to volunteer. Some of the volunteers here know much more than I do. They volunteer three and four and five times a month with either picking up food or uh, serving at the food bank. This is only a one hour oh, a month commitment. We would love it. I would love to get 20 new volunteers today, just one hour a month. And the cool thing is, is you get to be there to be a light in a very dark county. And this church, as I say, is, is such a light in so many ways, but you have the opportunity to talk to these people, to pray with them, to get to know them, and to send them out back to their, after the ski season, back to their other home, and knowing that they've been touched by Dillon Community Church. Um, I guess that's it, pretty much, unless someone else has anything to fill in. Thank you. Thank you. Let's give Sally a big hand. <clears throat> Mike Kermode works tirelessly. Do you like to do this? You know, Sally mentioned this is a dark county. I don't know if you remember these kind of things. 9.6% of the people in our county, less than 40,000 people, and that's stem to stern, the entire county. 
not even 10% admit to going to church anywhere. Did you realize that? Nine out of 10 people in our county, when asked in the last census in 2013, said, I do not attend church at all. I mean, that's a significant deal. And this is a, a way, along with other connections, for us to connect with people and, and maybe sneak up on them. I don't know. Go ahead, Jude. What do you got? <laughs> As Mark would call it, a fair trick, right? Uh, one, uh, Sally, thank you for a great presentation. I just want to add, too, about the food bank is we realize that we're a ministry first. And in all of the things we do in our church, we're ministries first. And that's, that's a major goal for us. And in ministry and in, in being good stewards and so forth, we want to make sure that we're encouraging people to get on their feet and take care of themselves. And uh, Sally is totally right. That's uh, a big value for us. Um, today we have with us um, a number of missionaries that we support in the state. Actually, uh, the Hansbergers are here from Denver. Do you want to stand up and wave and just say hi to everyone? Hans, this is Haven Ministries. Our church has supported them for, gosh, almost as long as I can remember. And they work with folks who are in cults and who have kind of uh, different, um, I don't even know how to describe it. You guys are so amazing. They also have about 400 children that they've adopted from various and sundry other countries. They're just amazing. And they'll be out there and they can tell you all about the work that they do. Uh, SFC is here. That's our local. Mark already kind of explained that, the snowboarders and skiers for Christ. And the, uh, and the Mountain Ministries, Bill and Alicia Spear, are some of the most powerful ministers in our community and have been committed there for 30-plus years, 35 or more years. And they have uh, taken on more um, folks than I can even imagine under their wing and have blessed them richly in just going through life with them. They are also, uh, these are all folks who are present. Let's hear it for Bill and Alicia. We're just really honored to support those people who are doing ministry in our community. And I think, as, as Mark just said, it used to be that we, um, I think there's a, a perception out there sometimes, we see it all the time in working in outreach, that everything's just fine here, that everybody's rich here, that everybody's, you know, got enough food or they've got, enough, they've got their lives together here. And this is, a, this is a place, just like every other place. There's a lot of uh, hurting and broken people here, and these ministries uh, serve a lot of those needs. Um, we're also really excited to have Carlos Santos. Uh, many of you may know the Santos family. Carlos and his wife are here um, with their World Access Project, and he has uh, worked just tirelessly to help affect people with adaptive equipment. This ministry is located in central Mexico, and our missions team has supported them um, occasionally for various projects that they have. So go out and visit with Carlos. He's got lots of information about how to help people get mobilized and how to get them back uh, into mobility. He's, he's awesome. Young Life is here. Frank Butler, our own Frank, is here to tell you all about long, Young Life. I know they need some, some leaders, and they're um, really focusing on their wildlife program, which is the middle school uh, program, and also on the teens. Uh, so... Frank has all the answers. And Maggie has what Frank doesn't have as far as answers go. We also have Operation Christmas Child, which is um, what you see here, all these beautifully wrapped. Today is actually the deadline, tomorrow actually. We do this every year uh, through Samaritan's Purse. Kathy Joe has worked very hard to, to work on these boxes. And this is an annual ministry we do. It's a big outreach. It's really kind of fun for everybody. So Kathy's, Kathy Joe's out there uh, waving at everybody. Um, and then we also have some, some second, they're not secondary, they're just in a different class for us in our, in our ministry. And the reason I feel like it's important to explain this to you is I think in this church, outreach is kind of a mystery because it's in different tiers. And, and a lot of people just don't know kind of how it works. We're involved with the Women's Resource Center, for example, who provide uh, uh, counseling for pregnant, un unplanned pregnancies. And they're a wonderful resource for women who uh, something happened that they didn't expect and they didn't plan on. They're phenomenal, and we're, we're really proud to be partners with them. Also with MOPS, uh, Julie and others have created a huge, huge um, impetus in our community with a very successful MOPS program, Mothers of Preschoolers. 
And I think on any given Wednesday, we'll have, what, 50, 40 moms? 40 moms, and you multiply that by two, so 80 kids in the nursery, something like that, 500 kids in the nursery. That's been such a great infusion of young families into our community, and we're so, we're so happy that they're here with us. Today, also, we wanted you to be able to be introduced to some of our community partners. Our, through our Benevolence and Food Bank Ministries, we partner with the Family Intercultural Resource Center. Rob Rummel is, is here today at that table. We work a lot with FERC, and they provide so many resources to the community. Um, they have parenting classes. They have general um, assistance programs that we've partnered for, I don't know, 10 years with them to help someone. And sometimes somebody will need some serious help, and we'll partner with them, and we'll do it together. We'll find resources together, and maybe FERC will provide s some money, and maybe we'll provide some counseling, and maybe someone else, another church will provide a different resource. So we work collaboratively with these folks, and uh, we're just we're so honored that, that Rob is here today, and I know he's got a lot of information for you. Um, Advocates for Victims of Assault couldn't come today, but we've worked very closely with them in the last, especially the last couple years, unfortunately. And uh, fortunately and unfortunately, there's a big need for them here, and they've become a very uh, active community partner with us, along with the hospital and social services and other churches. And uh, CASA of the Continental Divide, that's Kathy Reed's uh, um, program here in the county where, where it's um, child advocacy in the court system, and she is so knowledgeable, and she has such a heart for children. So there's just so many diverse things that you can, I'm probably making your head spin. Please wait, open your eyes now, everybody. I'm sorry, I'm putting you to sleep. But uh, I just wanted to show you the diversity of some of the, some of the outreaches that we have. And one thing, our benevolence team, we're going to end today with, with some information about our benevolence team. Our benevolence ministry has been here for a long time, was started by Brian Post, who basically said, if people feel like giving money, then we will have some money to give. And that was the structure of the benevolence finance, uh, how, the, how finances flow through it. It is one of the most intensive ministries in DCC, both in dollars and in volunteer time. Your incredible generosity is what has made this um, possible for us to really get out into the community and partner with some of the folks that we've mentioned earlier. Um, our team works pretty tirelessly with individuals and families who have come to us from a diverse number of sources. Some of them just walk in the door because we're a church and they need help. Some are sent to us by partner agencies like other churches and FERC and, and advocates. Many of these partners, you know, as I said, you're going to have a chance to visit with today. In 2015 so far, the benevolence team has met with, spent time with, or assisted financially more than 325 individuals. Our benevolence team is comprised of nine volunteers. And we, and we meet weekly. People seeking help may be homeless, they may need rent money, a medical bill paid, a prayer, advice on a difficult child, or even mental health services or uh, addiction mediation. DCC's team attempts to help determine practical, useful, and honoring assistance. We take very seriously our stewardship and our promise to you as our church family who allow us to do this. And because of this, we do not always assist people in the way that they have requested. We as a team, uh, many of our benevolence team members are here today, have gone through a recent study that has given us a whole new look on what assistance really looks like. And it's, it's hard. It's um, helped us to make very, uh, very good decisions, and but it's also made it very difficult. Often, individuals on our team discuss life choices that people have made, decisions they've made, relationships that they're in, and hurts that go way beyond writing a check for a new tire or for a, a month of rent. 
And we wanted to share some examples of the work benevolence does. One member of our team uh, just last week spent literally hours with one of our applicants who just needed a friend to help her navigate a new situation and to help her understand the reality of her life here in Summit County. This resulted in her returning eventually to her supportive family and, and, surrounded, and is now surrounded by people who care about her. Another team member has taken countless folks to the community dinner, countless folks to the, to the doctor, countless folks to various appointments that they have, just taking people and, and living life with them and being alongside them, spending time with them. We give people financial counseling. We give people um, assistance with uh, parenting, and we, we tie them in with, with emotional counseling if that's what they need. We try to give them encouragement and uh, pray with them, and we just try to plain love them. Everyone on our team has a heart for the hurting. Some of us are really tough. Some of us are really soft and squishy, and that's why we have a team, is so that we can uh, have some balance. And, it, and Sally, it depends on the day, so whether she is tougher. <laughs> All of us, Sally, not just you. <laughs> anyway, they're so gifted in discernment, and what we have learned is that discernment is a hard thing. Sometimes we just can't help people, and sometimes we can. But our highest value of serving God well by serving others is paramount in each situation. Just as God uh, sometimes allows us to feel his absence, we sometimes reluctantly agree that allowing someone to remain in their difficulty is the best way to move them through it and hopefully past it. Not easy, though. Uh, you may or may not know that one imperative in the benevolence ministry is confidentiality and honoring individual privacy. We do not discuss people outside of our meeting unless it's in the context of collaborating with one of our community partners. We'll never stand and disclose names of people we serve unless, like in the case of Ross last year where he did a picture and a film and sent it in and said, woohoo, look, look, look where I am now thanks to our benevolence team, that was wonderful. But we don't ever ask that of people, and we want everyone to know that. We strongly value their privacy. We also prioritize the needs of families within our church first. And I want to close this by sharing a recent involvement that we had in assisting a local family. And this family was in the most extreme medical crisis I think that anybody could imagine. And after our team spent a lot of time talking and praying and evaluating the situation where we could possibly help. <laughs> we realized there was nothing that we could do. There's nothing we could do for this family. But there was one thing we could do. We couldn't change their situation. We couldn't make it different. We couldn't make it go away. But we could help to stabilize them by providing for their mortgage, for their house, while they were in the, the, these very, very deep waters. The other problem that came up, of course, was that we were pretty low on funds. And we went, huh, well, we've just made a commitment to this family. We got on our knees and we prayed, and one of our congregation called out of the blue, didn't know about this, and said, hey, what needs have you gotten benevolence? And that exact amount of money that we needed came in. So we really feel like this ministry is so blessed and that we as a church are so blessed by this ministry and that we, we want to assure you and affirm to you that we take very seriously the helps we give, and we take very seriously the support you give us. And we are so pleased and honored to do that. And uh, if anyone ever has questions about the Benevolence Ministries, any other outreach, food bank, uh, we're here. We're, we're available to talk to you about it. And uh, we can always use constructive advice, and we can also use... Um, uh, pointers along the way as well. Okay. Anyway, this is Thanksgiving week. We want to thank you. We are grateful, truly, for all that you do for us, and, and you are the heart of this church, and we're able to get out in the community thanks to you. 
And we are truly grateful to you. And I wish you all a very blessed Thanksgiving with your family. And uh, thank you. You stand together with it. Wait, 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 wait. That's not right. I made the wrong. That was almost the wrong. It's out of order. Here's what's going to happen. We're going to sing one more song, but while we start this song, which has got a lot of energy in it, you're going to sit because we're going to have to have the ushers come. Board ushers, come on down. If you'd like to give something specific to a specific ministry you heard about today, you could probably write that in the side so that we would know about that. Specifically, when you're done outside, you can go out, talk to Cindy about maybe sponsoring a child, find out more about that. You can find out more about what's happening, maybe how you could help benevolence, food bank, a number of things. Because what we're going to do when we're all done here is that we're going to have all of the people lined up out in the narthex at different booths. And the food will start at the same time. It will be simultaneous. There's one critical piece, though. Uh, nobody is going to sit on your kids for the rest of the time. So you have to go up and get your kids before you start the meal process and before you start the booze, or your kids will be wandering the streets aimlessly. Just letting you know that they'll become street people. So that's what's going to happen right after this. But Right now, we're going to pray. Lord, thanks for this time together. Thank you. There's so many things that we're a part of here. And uh, uh, it's, it's amazing the opportunities that we have. We want to bless people. We want to be about living the hands and feet of Jesus in this community. Thank you for the unbelievable amount of people who are a part of this congregation and in this community who serve and function here in that way and also elsewhere and even around the world. We pray, Lord, that you would bless the meager offerings that we bring to you. And uh, we pray all that in Jesus' name. Amen. Set before me 
and to love like fire and spread throughout the land. And I trust that you will heal every nation. And I know that all I love is in your hand. The Lord is my rock, my light and my salvation. The Lord is my rock, and I will follow him. The Lord is my rock, my light and my salvation. The Lord is my rock. And I will follow him. Yes, the Lord is my rock, my light and my salvation. The Lord is my rock, and I will follow him. The Lord is my rock, my light and my salvation. The Lord is my rock, and I will follow him. And I will follow him. And I will follow him. Had to leave with some fun. Let's pray together. Lord, thanks for the food that you'll give to us. Thanks for the opportunities we'll encounter. May we encourage and bless each other today in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks. Go get your kids. Go get some food. Go on out to the booze. Have a great day.